Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. It's been, it's, we, we, we took a, a week off. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sure everybody noticed because we were gone for a week, but we are back. Small hiatus as uh, Fire Emblem Heroes was taking also a bit of a slow week, but we have returned with new special heroes, which of course means that Eddie jumped in feet first to summoning in the various banners going on right now, including the weekly revival banner 12, heroes with joint drive skills going to the 27th, forces of will going to the 30th, that's the fallen banner from last episode we talked about, Tempest Trials going to the 30th, and of course the brand new banner, Bridal Grace, going until the 17th. Eddie, how did you do? Because I did not do any summoning over the last couple weeks, outside of, you know, the free ones, of course, but nothing of note. Uh, um, I really only dove into one banner. Um, I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but I did eventually manage to snag uh fallen morgan off the forces of will banner i don't remember if that was before last episode or not but i had gotten to the decision where i was just going to get a pity break and if i didn't get fallen uh female morgan i was going to survive with it but i did grab her uh but of course i did jump into the bridal banner after that um got an early four star promotion of brave roy uh still early on i got uh, marita filling in that last missing or that missing slot in my catalog just days before i was gonna probably use a formosol to do it you know, because she's one of the four in the current round of uh, whatever that mode's called. I can't think of it right now. Holoforms, I think. Yeah, holoforms. Um, yep. Followed by a weird chain of luck as I got a five-star pretty pity break of Mufasa. Uh, I'm going to avoid saying the other name because I've heard that some things will flag it as other words that are not polite. Uh, in that same wheel, I did get a four-star Juno, uh, since she is the four-star unit. Uh, I got a, also got a four-star boost of Elise and a four-star boost of Hector, all on that one wheel. So I had three five-stars on that wheel. Um, followed shortly after, uh, might even have been the next wheel, I can't remember for sure, by a uh, Brave Lysithia pity break. Uh, after that insanity was done, I did manage to eventually get a Bridal Shanna, Followed by a four-star boosted Brave Ephraim before uh, finally getting Bridal Katria and Thea. Uh, still hoping, hopping in from time to time to try and get Saul. Uh, no luck there yet, uh, but I did end up getting a spare Shanna on an all-red ring while I was hunting for him. Nice. So. Good haul yep. indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear. No, it, it's always good coming back after a week off to be able to discuss um uh, all of our all of our new summons i i would uh it's funny like normally i'd probably summon on a special heroes banner but uh, we'll talk about the heroes in a little bit but i had put all my orbs into the fallen heroes banner and uh, i'm slowly building up my collection i i don't like to summon unless i have like 100 orbs i want to be sure i'm going to get something cuz there's no worse feeling especially for us free to play players to go in do a bunch of summoning and have nothing to show for it, and have zero orbs. That's it eats my yeah, soul. Makes sense. 
<laughs> so, uh, Makes yeah. sense. Uh, you'll have chances to get some more orbs uh, coming up. Uh, we have a Grand Hero Battle Revival of Aramaya starting on the 24th. Uh, the Bridal Bo- Beloveds uh, Special Heroes Banner Revival. Uh, I think that's last year's. I can't remember exactly how they named them, but uh, starting up on the 25th. Uh, we have another uh, new Heroes Banner Revival with the New Future Banner and the Forging Bonds, both starting up on the 26th. So you should be able to get, well, might not be able to get ores from the Forging Bonds. If I remember correctly, it's uh, pages, the things to, you know, turn into random hero books. Can't remember the name of them off the top uh, of my head. Ephemera codes or something? I think it's the Divine Codes one, but yeah. Oh. It might be Ephemera. But I always mix them up. It's Yeah. Uh, then we have a round of Rooker Sieges and Odd Wave Skill Banner coming on the 28th, as well as a Voting Gauntlet login starting up on the 29th for the Voting Gauntlet at the end of the month. Nice. So. You're right. Some good orbs coming in. Looking forward to that. Uh, we mentioned already there's a new Special Heroes banner. You've probably noticed it. It's bridal season. We have special heroes, bridal grace. Binding Blade is getting in the wedding spirit by being the latest Fire Emblem crew to dress up in bride and groom clothing. Oh, and for good measure, uh, Katra is getting in on the fun as well. Quite the new mystery we have here, but we're both going to try and solve it together right now. Okay, I'm confused as what the mystery is, but okay. The mystery is uh, why why is there a random character you had you were so close to having an all binding blade uh banner so uh it's not really a mystery i mean we can get into it a bit later as we get through a couple of these characters but uh there's kind of a logical reason for which one they chose to be the harmonized hero here okay i'm looking forward to that we will get to the harmonized hero in a bit but we will start off with saul minister of love If you're going to have a bridal festival, then you'd better remember to bring someone to officiate the weddings. For this year's festival, Saul from the Eliminian Church is taking up the mantle. Saul is a colorless staff cavalry unit wielding observant staff plus, where if unit is within three spaces of two allies in a support partner pair, excluding unit, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus six to unit during combat and neutralizes foes bonuses from skills like fortify rally etc during combat he has a new skill in the a slot called c dual cavalry four which grants hp plus five attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus two if unit is five stars in level 40 a legendary hero or mythic hero and unit stats total less than 175 treats unit stats as 175 and uh, moves like arena if unit is four, five star level 40 not a legendary or mythic hero and unit stats total less than 180 treats unit stats as 180 in modes like arena rounding out his kit is return plus modes thank you i'm like moves what is this uh this this uh, spell check the lack of yeah, spell you got check. it right the second time but <laughs> i know it it's it it says moves i, I it's like a teleprompter um, but I spelt it wrong, so yes, modes, like arena, uh, so that is that is correct. Uh, rounding out his kit, though, is return plus as an assist, deluge, bomb plus as a special, and odd recovery three in the C slot. So 
the another tier four uh, dual skill for colorless cavalry. That that's an interesting new staff there. They've had weapons that work if you're in a support partner pair. This is the first time I've seen one that works if you're with a support partner pair that's not you're not part of. Yeah, well, it certainly takes the minister side of his sort of character to a new level where he is literally granting right, bonuses. It fits with the wedding theme for him, so. Yeah, I dig that. When they are able to fit a skill into the theme and the character, um, if, he, if he truly is, I guess, I'm guessing he's truly a minister or else they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have thrown it in there. So I, I think that's a nice fit. I'm guessing he's a priest or a bishop in the game, so it would make sense. I like that a lot, except for the spelling mistake that threw me off. That that I was not a fan of, but I'm glad uh, <laughs> I would have seen yeah, it. Uh, you should yell at the person who wrote that up for you. It probably was me, um, but it was it was uh, it was it was three days ago. Me, so he's long gone. Anyways, uh, what do we have next? Next, we have Sh- Shanna, the bridal novice. Shin is the youngest of the Binding Blade Pegasus sisters and gets an alt version on this banner as a red bow flying unit. She wields the Rose Quartz bow, which, as usual, is effective against flying units like every bow. Uh, it also grants her attack plus three, and if she initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, it deals damage equal to 20% of her speed and grants her attack speed plus six during combat. She has a new Kanto skill, as uh, that is the AD far trace which like other ranged canto skills allows her to move any remaining movement after attack and debuffs the foes during combat uh this one by attack defense minus three no other new skills uh but she does have draconic aura swift sparrow and attack defense rain and let me double check that swift sparrow might be the tier four version yeah because it's one that probably starts at a lower or starts at a yeah Swiss Swiss Rail three I think the uh, there's tier four I think two is the tier three version so nice yeah Shanna is one of those characters that would constantly pop up for me in summoning her uh, her regular version so mm-hmm. I'm I'm only familiar mm-hmm. with her based on her constantly showing up in my summoning pool <laughs> yeah three three to four star unit so she pops and has been for a while so she does pop up pop up quite often mm-hmm. so. yeah no she looks great uh i'm digging the bow the bow's got like a bunch of heart mm-hmm. uh jewels throughout it so those are really cool and uh yeah shanna welcome to the alt club um we've also got juno soaring bride here's juno pegasus knight of Ilya, making a special appearance in her glamorous bridal outfit she also happens to be married to Zealot, the Lord of Edessa Castle. Juno is a blue tome flyer unit wielding Love Bouquet Plus, which grants attack slash resistance plus four to allies within two spaces during combat. If unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash resistance plus four to unit during combat. No new skills as this is a four-star special hero on the banner, but rounding out her kit is Ardent Sacrifice as an assist, attack slash speed form three in the A slot, and and aerobatics three in the b slot got caught up there a little bit um Mm -hmm. this this character i'm not familiar with whatsoever she is she is brand new i'm not i didn't even know she existed until this banner so uh yeah she um i verified this in discord and she is the eldest pegasister of this group 
of Binding Blade. So she's the older sister of Shanna and Thea. Oh, cool. So we have all three of the Pegasus sisters in here from right. Binding Blade. So she is uh, she is alt only at this stage. She joins the alt only club. Yep, as does her husband Zealot, who's the uh, Tempest Trial unit from this banner. So now, are we getting closer to the mystery, or at least solving the mystery oh. for me? Well, with Shanna being the youngest Binding Blade Pegasus sister and Juno being the eldest Binding Blade Pegasus sister, uh, well, let's find out. Uh, unlo- unlike the other two Binding Blade Pegasus sisters on this banner, Thea joins as the second unit of a with a fellow middle Pegasus sister as Valentian Catria leads this harmonized hero, who is a green axe flying unit. Uh, while Thea dangles off the back of Catria's Pegasus, they can activate their harmonized skill, which grants... Units from Shadows of Valentia and Binding Blade, a trio of buffs, including Resonance, Resonance Blades, which grants attack speed plus four during combat for one turn. Desperation, which allows the unit to use all of its attacks before the foe can counterattack. And a guaranteed follow-up attack if the unit initiates the combat. Up on the Crowded Pegasus, they are wielding the Wedding Bell Axe, which accelerates the special trigger. At the start of the turn, they are, if they are within two spaces of an ally... It grants triangle attack, uh, which is a keyword that where if two or more additional allies with triangle attack are within two spaces when they initiate combats, they uh, attack twice uh, that turn only. So they have to initiate the combat and have two others with triangle attack active on them within two spaces of them. Uh, And the ability to move to a space adjacent to an ally within two spaces. And I believe it gives that to... Uh, Katria and the uh, allies within two spaces of her. It also grants Katria attack speed plus six during combat if she is within two spaces of an ally or initiates the combat. She also comes with a new melee canto skill with AD near trace, which, like other melee canto skills, allows the user to remove any removement, remaining movement uh, in one additional space after attacking or assisting or breaking a building while also debuffing enemies during the combat by attack defense minus 3. She also comes with Moonbow, tier 4 attack speed push, and speed defense range. So it kind of makes sense that they chose Katria to be the harmonized unit, because it's two fellow uh, middle Pegasisters. I see so. that. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess from a... Like, maybe there's no... Well, you're right, it's a harmonized duo, so they do need to pick another character from a different game. Yeah, they could have done some other type of duo, but I don't know who else they would have picked, you know. I don't know Binding Blade enough to know who, if anyone, is a logical pair for Thea or whatnot. So it kind of makes sense. And I guess it's time to do Harmonized Hero, so pick a fellow middle Pegasus sister. And it did note in the trailer that it is uh, Shadows of Valentia Catria, not, uh, you know mystery of the emblem catria so that narrows down the units that it affects if you're counting catria as the it's the same character but since they're labeling it as shadows of valentia catria it affects you know all Celica and anyone else from shadows of valentia or gaiden but it does not affect those from mystery of the emblem Marth's game. Mm, that makes sense yeah uh i was gonna say that it this would be the older Catria, right? Where Mystery of the Emblem, she would have been. That was her first game, and then 
Shadows uh, of Mystery Emblem, if I recall correctly, takes place before both before and after. I could be wrong. Maybe Mystery, uh, you know, Shadows of Valentia technically doesn't happen until after the second half of Mystery of the Emblem. But my understanding, since it's one, two, three, uh, since New Mystery of or Mystery of the Emblem's original release was after the release of Gaiden, my understanding is this is the that was the middle chapter. So she's older than she was in Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, but younger than she was in the original release for Mystery of the Emblem, book two there. But I could be wrong. I don't know if they just decided that, oh, no, these happen one after the other. And Valentia happens after everything else is done. Mm -hmm. Well, I know at the end of Shadow of Valentia, doesn't she kind of, she and her sisters kind of fly off, right, so to speak, because they're there to... save they they do fly off and i also think because of uh a certain character who appears in all three games as well uh there's an indication that this one is the center chapter and i don't know if you want to spoil that whole thing but we can spoil it like that game yeah that's fine yeah uh i believe it's zeke in shadows of valentia and Camus in uh the original one and he comes back as a third character in the second in book to a mystery of the emblem uh, and the fact that he talks after he regains his memories, because he washed up after being beaten in Shadow Dragon uh, with no memories. After he regains his memories, he says he has to return and take care of something. And then he shows up as a mass, I believe, Sirius. I think we have both Camus and Sirius, but we don't have Zeke, his middle Valentian version. He has so. three different personas. We only have two of them. Yeah. I, he's uh he's a busy guy that's uh that takes a lot of effort to be three different people at once um yeah well hopefully we get that new mystery of the emblem over here at some point there's a lot of missing games including binding blade that we have not been able to play so we live uh we live through fire emblem heroes for now um but, but before we jump out we got to talk about the tempest trials unit which is zealot avowed groom Here's Zealot, the lord of the castle in Edessa, dressed up in his stylish groom's outfit. He's the leader of uh, Ilian mercenaries, and his work takes him all over Alib. Zealot is the Tempest Trials plus free unit and is an axe cavalry unit wielding Love Candelabra plus, which grants attack slash defense plus four to allies within two spaces during combat. If unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash defense plus four to unit during combat. No new skills, but rounding out his kit is Ignis as a special, attack slash defense form 3 in the A slot, and drive attack 2 in the C slot. So yeah, he's um, again not a character I'm familiar with, but he does have a wicked candle as an axe, so gotta give him that. Yep, another free cavalry axe unit. Mm-hmm. Uh there was commented in Discord that we've had quite a few of those lately. Yeah. Seems to be a growing uh, trend, but he does and, look good in the It's kind of funny that they chose the husband and wife to be the uh, two free un- or cheaper units. Cheap's not the right word, but you know. <laughs> Juno's the four-star unit and Zealot's the free unit. So Yeah. I... I think I think he looks really cool. He's again he's got that Oh yeah. He's got a real cool cape. Can't go wrong with cape. Oh, yeah, he definitely I mean once again not knowing Binding Blade cuz it's never had a you know western release. Um 
just seeing the name, I wasn't sure what to think. But once I actually got a look of him, he actually looks a lot better than my mind was drawing, you know. So mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what my mind was thinking, but definitely he looks better than I was expecting. Yeah, I agree. Well, definitely jump into the Tempest Trials and earn yourself uh, a free hero, Zealot Avowed Groom. That is going to do it for our Three Houses portion of the portion portion of the show. Well, wait, I thought we were talking about Faye, not Three Houses yet. Thought Three Houses was still coming up. <laughs> That's true. It is a long weekend here in Canada, and uh, today I was out in the sun a lot, so. Uh, yeah, that's my bad. Good catch. Uh, we are done with Fire Emblem Heroes for now, and we're yes. going to move into uh, Three Houses. But before we do that, we are going to talk. Uh, you want to talk about those rumors that there's a Fire Emblem game going to be announced at E3 and maybe even out this year, right? What? That's A lot no. of people are speculating that it's a Echo's version of Genealogy. That's what you want to talk about, right? Are you joking or... Because I had not read that. That would be exciting. It's nothing confirmed. I saw a YouTube video where uh, there was like a potentially leaked tweet indicating oh. that there is a Fire Emblem thing in the E3 Nintendo presentation or whatever. And it'll be out sooner than you think. And from there, it's just pure speculation that since um, on the 25th anniversary of Gaiden, we got the Echoes announcement and a couple months later, the release... There's speculation since it's the 25th anniversary of Genealogy of the Holy War, uh, you know, FE4, that we might get an Echoes announcement in release later this year. I'm hoping that's the case. But, I mean, it's not like there's any other Genealogy of the Holy War news out there, is there? Well, there is, especially if you can read Japanese, because in Japan, Genealogy of the Holy War is coming to the Super Famicom app on Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, coming on May 26, users with access to the Japanese Super Famicom app will soon be able to play Fire Emblem Genealogy of the Holy War on Nintendo Switch. Keep in mind, this is not an English version update. That being said, you don't need to subscribe twice to Nintendo Online. You can create a Japanese eShop account and download the Super Famicom app. Just make sure you launch it with the profile that has an active subs subscription. Uh... Eddie, I don't know. Have you ever dabbled with the Japanese releases of uh, of games and such with the Nintendo Switch Online? No, because no. I don't speak Japanese. Oh, well, I <laughs> mean, I, I think Switch doesn't I do come with a built-in translation thing. So no, no, it doesn't. Although, to be honest, like these games are so. This is probably going a long way. It'd be easier to wait for whatever remake that we hopefully will get at some point. But you could use one of those like Google Translate apps on your phone that can you can just hold it up to the screen, and it would translate that's it. That's right? easy and not at all complicated with the amount of text in a Fire Emblem game. Look, you're never gonna play genealogy with that attitude. You gotta find you gotta find the win here, and I think I think it is play it on the Switch in Japanese with a uh, Google app translator. I don't. You are correct. That sounds like a long way to go to play a game uh, that is sorely in need of a Western updated release. Um, so hopefully the YouTuber whose uncle works for Nintendo is right. Well, it wasn't the YouTuber's uncle. It was just a random tweet from a someone who has allegedly been correct in the past, but it is still a random leak. So it could be completely inaccurate and false. So 
And like I said, the fact that it's genealogy was pure speculation. I mean, last I heard, they were speculating that maybe they were doing a um, uh, Ike game re remake for the next Echoes. I'm still hoping for a genealogy before we get a remake of Path of Radiance, although Path of Radiance does kind of need some way to play it. I don't mm. necessarily need a remake, but like, give me a you know way to play it on my Switch or even on my 3DS or something. Yeah, but. the GameCube is one of those weird middle ground sort of like lost to time platforms, and uh, yeah, I guess the cause... Wii kind of joins it now too, right? So, well, it's it's kind of weird. The Wii, you can if you still have one or a Wii U, you can play most of those games. But like GameCube never quite got to the point where they did a uh, eShop or virtual shop or whatever they were calling it for that version. And, you know, for those games. Uh, and since they've stopped doing that completely and, you know, aren't reselling them in a virtual shop anymore, it's either a remake or it comes to the online thing, which I don't think they've even gotten to. Uh, six N64 on. It's kind of like that leaves it in a little awkward place where we can't really access it. Yeah. Unless you have point. the $250 disc in a original Wii that still plays GameCube games. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. The GameCube never got digitized. The Wii did have some digital versions of games available. So, uh, yep. It's a tough one, but yeah, it would be uh, packaging the two Ike games as a re remaster would probably be a little easier considering it's already localized. I'm fine with the Echoes style remakes, but I definitely want them to go through a genealogy and uh, brain fart that I can't remember its sequel or mid game thing. The Leaf game. Uh, Why my mind can't think of its name off the top? Of I, my don't head. Know. I don't know. Yeah, is it Thracia? Yes, Thracia. Oh, Thracia okay. Seven seventy six. That was. I, it. I would love for those to get their remakes and you know Western releases as well as Binding Blade eventually, but don't know. We'll yeah. have to wait and see and hope. Yeah. Well, E three timing is just around the corner. So. Yep. Uh, but what we do have access to still is three houses and we're starting part two uh it's not white clouds it's um verdant wind verdant twin yes i need to update that <laughs> uh yep verdant wind where we're starting uh we're gonna cover chapter 13 and cover a bit of chapter 14 as we more or less discuss um our thoughts on the new looks for our students that you know weren't around during chapter 13 because chapter 13 is a uh, pretty straightforward chapter you have a opening sequence and straight into battle and then the end of the chapter so uh but what happened in it well let's find out we open the chapter with the narrator explaining that five years have passed since the battle we fought at the end of the previous chapter adressia has all but con conquered fargus with sylvain and felix's fathers putting up a resistance to the east of the country while an ally El Elgard controls uh, controls the capital, and rumors say Dimitri is either captured or dead. Uh, I'll admit it's been a couple weeks since I watched that uh, video, so I can't remember if they said he was dead or, you know, he was captured jail in the ca in the capital. In the Lesser Alliance, they put on a unified front while 
Behind the scenes, Claude, who is now the leader of the Alliance, struggles with uh, internal strife as some houses, such as Gloucester and others along the Empire border, want to ally with the Empire, while the rest want to remain independent. Uh, yet, all the changes have completely bypassed Byleth, as you find yourself floating in the black void you used to chat with Sothis in. Sothis berates you for sleeping and being so lazy, which ends up with you washing ashore on a river, uh, waking up to find a random farmer... Uh, you know, uh, who found you. Upon asking what is going on, you find it has been almost five years since the battle and is the day before the Millennium Festival would have been held. Remembering your promise to make your uh, to your students, you make your way straight to the abandoned ruins of the monastery, arriving at daybreak to find Claude waiting for you. After discussing what happened, Claude decides he wants to have a workout since you have apparently been asleep for five years, and you head down to the ruins of the town to find a a uh, somewhat familiar merchant, if you played the Anna Paralogue, being as upstanding as ever. Along with some of his other bandits, he's looting the ruins. Uh, and you start fighting through the many foes as you progress. Uh, through this chapter, the rest of the Golden Deer show up in pairs uh, after the battle. Um, and you do actually have unique uh, conversations during battle with them if you want to get them over by Byleth. Uh, after the battle, you regroup and chat. Discussing what to do now, Claude reveals that with the return of Byleth, he wants to allies, ally with the remnants of the church and form a stronger resistance against Edelgard. Uh, the rest of the church uh, either gets word or shows up in, uh, from their search, and Hilda artfully convinces them to help rebuild the monastery. Uh, during, you know, that's the end of the chapter 13, at the beginning of chapter 14, and the next month starts, you get to Roam around the monastery again, having been rebuilt to almost as good as new, uh, with really random piles of rubble being the only indication of what happened. Uh, it is at this point where you get to see most of the students you recruited uh, during part one and get a chance to see their new looks. Uh, most of the church characters have no changes to their looks. Only uh, Cyril has any changes. Uh, you also have the ability to go down to Abyss and unlock two new features. The library, which gives you some hidden, hidden, horror, huh, hidden lore that was banned from the main monastery library. And the fortune teller, who allows you to boost support uh, using Renown, or even guarantee pairs uh, for the end of the game. Lock in their fates. So, Yeah. I uh, I did unlock those. Um, I forgot to go down there, go down to the abyss uh, in my first exploration phase, and then I realized, oh, I keep forgetting abyss. And then I remember to unlock those two, and uh, the only the only pairings I was able to lock in at this stage were Claude and and Marianne, and I'm pretty sure uh, my I'm trying to S rank with Marianne and with Byleth in this this playthrough. So Claude better. Uh, you better you better you, step back. You might have to you might have to um get the characters up to A rank or their top possible rank before you can lock them in. Right. So Yeah, like I, I don't think I've I don't think I can even hit the S rank with any characters until well, probably the second last chapter. You cannot S rank with any characters on anyone other than Byleth. And yeah, you don't actually Excuse me. You don't actually lock in the S rank until like right before the final battle, right? You know, and locking so. in the 
the relationship for other characters when they hit that A rank. Like we don't see the we don't see the the results of that until the end credits. So it's not right. like it's something that we're going to see right away. You know, uh, during the post, you know, game credits, there's always those little cards that tell you what this person has been doing since the end of the game. And certain characters, depending on their uh, support, will be paired up with each other. So, you know, there are certain pair characters who you can lock in to be paired up together if you didn't have them paired up in a previous one or whatever or you want to make sure they pair up with someone well i'm definitely gonna have uh hanneman and Man- manuela to uh to pair up because um i want them to argue old together so that's kind of it's kind of where my head's at i think i had them paired up in the end credits of my first playthrough so i want to no. want that to be a tradition I'm I'm probably not going to use the fortune teller to guarantee any pair ups, but I'm likely going to aim for Hanneman and Manuela to end up paired up together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to take a closer look at it. I personally, when I was going through this, um, I I didn't have many issues with the ch- with the battle. I know you didn't have any issues because all your characters are crazy over leveled, but for me, I have some characters that I was using less, so. Uh, Lawrence and Ignatz, for example, were level 20, and I think the map was level 25. So I had some characters that were underleveled, um, just due to them showing up due to like, uh, canon reasons, like all the characters in your house show up. I'm not sure what the leveling was compared to the map. I think all my characters are around 30, even the weaker ones, maybe even mid thirties at that point. Uh, but I had some characters in less than ideal classes. I think Ignatz, I had had him randomly as a um, priest uh, before the time jump. So he showed up as a priest, and it's like, yeah, he's not really a magic character. So <laughs> I was just leveling up his skills there. I was going to say that I know that was something you noted in Discord to like make sure you had your characters in the proper, in the classes you needed them to be in. Or you wanted them to be in, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't have that issue because um, all my characters are sort of in whatever class they're they have equipped, mm-hmm. um, so that wasn't a problem. But that is a good note. Uh, I, I guess like the big thing to talk about uh, also is that being part two, a lot of support conversations that you may have earned uh, unlocked due to part two opening up and and having these support conversations happen in the future. Uh, I had a bunch that I had to kind of, <laughs> I'll say listen to. I just had headphones on and, and set the switch aside. And it was kind of like a, a a weird Fire Emblem podcast where it's just <laughs> <laughs> characters talking to each oh, other. We're, we're a Fire Emblem ebook in the background. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's just a lot of them. So I'm like, I can't sit here oh, and yeah. just watch these, these characters. And some I mean, of them are like. I'm at the point where I only listen to ones I haven't heard before. Right. So, and I mean, so like most of Claude's and the Ashen Wolves ones are the ones that I listen to. Yeah. For me, it's just, uh, I forget which ones I had heard before, but I definitely, I know I missed out a lot, a lot, um, of the characters from Claude's side. So, uh, but the, the worst ones have, have been Lawrence. He's just terrible. He's still bad. Oh, that's cause he's Lawrence. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the other thing we can talk about, though, is the five-year jump and what the characters uh, have grown into. So thoughts on that? Finally got to see the grown-up versions of the Ashen Wolves since in my uh, when I did finally play through the Ashen Wolves story, um, I was already in a part two. Uh, were there any characters whose glow-ups or uh, grown versions you liked a good chunk that you hadn't seen before? Or thoughts on the ones you hadn't seen before? Um, I'd seen everyone but the Ashen Wolves. I liked Hoppy. Uh, what's his name? Balthus is still taking some getting used to. <laughs> He's got quite the quite the hair, and yeah, I mean he definitely fits the name of his house. He definitely looks a lot like a wolf to a degree. Yeah, with that outfit. I think that's my favorite thing about all of the five year jumps. Uh, at least that's my favorite thing about the characters that did about, that did this is that their hair, they let it grow out and they kind of just, they, or they let it, or they cut it short. Yeah. Sometimes they'd cut it short, but my favorite were the ones that even Lawrence, I mean, he gets some bonus points for having his hair a little longer and he looks a little more, I don't know, like he hasn't had a haircut, you know, he, he, uh, yeah, Lawrence is definitely one of the better hairstyles post Trump, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mercedes is still jarring to go from that nice long hair to that really short hair. I think uh, Ingrid did the same thing. Annette, I always liked Annette's glow up. Um, just her letting your hair, not tying it up and letting it hang down, looks so much nicer on her. Um, Leone is kind of nice with her braid over her shoulder as yeah. opposed to keeping the short cut hair. Yeah, Leone was the one I was going to mention as one I really liked. Um, I think it's Sylvain. He kind of grows his hair out. He looks a lot more regal, sort of fitting his, uh, just the way he sort of carries himself as a noble and stuff. Um, but yeah, they all kind of look, they all kind of look really good, you know, but some of them don't change at all. Like, uh, Shamir looks like she hasn't changed at all. Um, obviously for everyone from the church, but Cyril, as I mentioned earlier, has not changed. Flame setteth flames. The, I mean, if you don't read into what they've been hinting at, flame is the weirdest one. Yeah. Well, that was good. I was going to ask, like, is Shamir a part of that weirdness where they could be, or possibly maybe saints? I think, with Shamir, Catherine, Manuela, Hanneman, is that they were already old enough that they're not going to change much over the course of five years. True. They had a style they liked, so they stuck with it. Yeah, that now, makes sense. Even Sedith it would make sense for, but, you know, Cyril was the same age as Lysithia, so he's now 20 like Lysithia is. Uh, Flane is, theoretically, should have changed, but she hasn't, you know. But all the others, they were all kind of old enough and adults already. Not, you know, teenagers becoming young adults mm-hmm. like the rest of the class. I mean, if you really kind of look at it, other than the haircut, I don't think Mercedes changes that much because she was 23 at the start. So she was the oldest. Hmm. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think um, I think they do a really good job. I think that's one of my favorite parts about Fire Emblem is seeing your characters grow I think that was the most exciting about three houses going into it was that we were going to have a time jump and mm-hmm. seeing these characters grow up even over the course of five years, like it was a big deal. And 
really allowed them to play out four different part twos. And I think that comes down to the fact that they have that time jump and they're able to play with what happens behind the scenes in between the two parts to really allow them to build a really compelling four versions of a story, right? So uh, I think there's there's a lot of characters here and um, going back to you know, Fire Emblem Heroes, like we haven't really even experienced a lot of these part two characters outside of maybe, I I guess we could say like the legendary versions of our Lords have been part two or maybe even like post part two. The legendary versions of the Lords in the brave, the four brave heroes are the only part twos we've gotten in uh, Heroes. I mean, I guess you could argue about Catherine and Shamir and any of the other, you know, uh, church units that we've gotten, they're kind of both already, but uh, we have not seen any student part twos as of yet in Fae other than uh, Brave Lysithia and the legendary and brave versions of the Lords. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could argue the fallen versions of Dimitri and Edelgard. True. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I'm just I'm excited to see now that we're getting into part two and we're experiencing these, these new versions of these characters. I'm excited to see when intelligence systems decides to dip into the part two versions. Um, I know we don't have all the students yet. There's probably like what one more round of students to go. Would you guess? I I can't remember. um, We recently got Marianne forget exactly yet but it's it is getting down there we still don't have caspar i don't think we have ignatz yet we got uh rafael as a special hero got sylvain as a special hero we've gotten normal ingrid now um so yeah we're definitely getting down to we're narrowing down how many there are left mm-hmm. uh lawrence lawrence got a special hero somehow or whatever i don't know <laughs> what they were smoking giving him a special version they had to give right. him something or else he'd complain. He'd uh, he'd he'd make a fuss hey, and let him complain. I'm fine with him not even getting a normal version, but you know, they I'm sure they would have insisted on at least that eventually. So yeah. maybe, maybe all he get maybe he gets to stay in the special heroes only club. Maybe. Hopefully. That would be nice. I don't need more Lawrence, that's for sure. Um, yeah, we don't have a normal Lawrence technically. We have none of the Ashen Wolves. So, there's maybe two or three more uh, banners before we have everyone. That's exciting. I want to see these part two characters introduced as Fire Emblem uh, Heroes characters, so, or units. So hopefully we get them soon. Other than brave units, I'm not holding my breath on them appearing uh, before they get all of the part one versions out though. No, you're right. You're probably right. We've had this conversation before. I think you're right still. But before we leave Three Houses quickly, I do want to quickly discuss the weirdest time jump change character change. Okay. And that would be Byleth. You've been just laying there asleep for five years, and your hair didn't grow at all. You know, uh, male Byleth got no facial hair during that time. <laughs> your clothes are perfect as... The day you fell into that river. I don't know, man. Magic. Uh, dragon magic. Um, uh, it, I, you could argue dragon magic for the fact that your face hasn't changed any. But, I mean, I would think your hair would grow some. You weren't grooming it, like, theoretically, 
uh, Flane and Sedith were. But then again, maybe Flane and Sedith didn't groom, groom their uh, hair at all, and it just never changed over the five years. We don't know for sure. Well, I mean, I when they say asleep, I always assumed it was some sort of stasis. So, like, nothing changed. Like, you kind of, you just went into, like, this Well, that's stasis. even a stranger thing to try and explain. Uh, yeah, as you saw there. Un- how does falling underneath a rock in the middle of a river put you into some kind of special stasis? <laughs> I mean, how do you sleep at the bottom of a river? I mean, who knows, but I just had to put in that little thing after you made a comment about the Shamir possibly being the weird not changing thing. It's like, well, Shamir and them, it makes sense. They just don't, they trim their hair the same way. True. They yeah. have a style they like. And uh, all out they've, war. They've hasn't been awake it. to do it. Byleth hasn't been awake to do it. So no, but uh, it's I. I always assume Byleth like slipped into some other pocket dimension, uh, and that allowed him or her to kind of stay locked Game in. Game mechanics time. don't look. Game yeah. mechanics don't look. <laughs> yeah, they don't explain it. Look away. Um, you know, if you really here's the thing: if you really want to address it, uh, play part one without glasses play part two with glasses and just say that over the course of five years your eyesight slightly uh as as it does when you get older your eyesight kind of just went a little bit and you had to get bifocals or something and then equip the glasses in part two does that solve the issue sure sure that solves all the issues okay good i'm glad we uh, that's why they added the glasses and the sailor suit so if you want to go all out add the sailor suit as well and uh because you went through a phase where you just you really liked to dress up as a sailor maybe <laughs> maybe glasses is probably sufficient just worry about just just focus on that it's fine uh look over here not over there type stuff but uh yeah uh with that uh awkward note we are going to move into the conclusion of this show because we are going to talk about chapter 14 next week and we'll probably dip into 15 but uh, I, for one, am excited to be in part two. I want to see where this goes. This is all new for me and Eddie, so can't wait. Verdant Winds continues next week with Game Club uh, Three Houses, so look forward to that. But that is going to do it for our show this week. Visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. You can check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash Discord. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.